Thank you for listening to the Christ the King Church podcast. We exist to help people know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all of life. For more information about our church, please visit us at ctksensi.com. Good morning, church. Man, there's a ton of you here today. So good to see you. Uh, My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here, and I want to uh, extend a special welcome to those of you who are here because of baby dedications. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. We'll do that uh, right towards the end of the service. Um, We're glad to have you here with us as we're continuing a series that we've been doing through the Gospel of Luke. And we're at the section of the Gospel of Luke in chapter 11 where uh, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. This is the Lord's Prayer. And we're putting this into practice. So if you're new, if you're visiting with us this week, uh, you'll uh, forgive us and accommodate us as we um, do something that we've been doing the last few weeks a little differently, where towards the end of my sermon time, we are going to uh, break up into smaller groups and pray together. So like literally turning chairs around and with the room being a little full, um, we might have to get creative with how we do it, but that's totally fine. Um, so here's, here's how it works. Um, well, you've got uh, prayer guides in the seats in front of you, and then we'll break up into groups of five-ish to seven to ten, whatever is good for you to pray. And if you're able to, if you would like to kneel, that's welcome, but you don't have to do that. Um, those prayer guides are broken up into three sections for three different, group, three different types of individual. One is if you're okay praying in groups. That's the group section. Um, those prompts are there for you, and nobody's required to pray out loud. If you have an entire group that doesn't pray out loud, that's fine. But those prompts are there for uh, those that would pray in a group. Second category is for individuals. So if you would rather not be a part of a group, that's fine. You can be... Um, you can, sit quietly and and pray to yourself, and there's a prompt there that you can read. And then the third group is uh, for those that are not Christians, or if you're not sure if you're a Christian, um, if that's you, welcome. We're glad to have you here, and our earnest desire is that you will know Jesus Christ, and that you will have your sins forgiven and become part of God's family, be reconciled to God and to uh, the family of God. So if that's you, then there is a, uh, a section there that you can uh, reflect on and read that to yourself and um, you know, take that before God um, as you consider the Christian faith. Um, you know, I've, I'm just remembering I was going to recruit a prayer team to have people pray for needs, and I forgot to do that. Um, so I'm just going to trust the Lord that um, I see Megan Hutchinson laughing. So maybe Megan... Um, well, I'm not going to put you on the spot too bad, but um, if you would like to come forward, I will come here and I will find somebody at that time to, to come up here. And on either side, there will be two people that can pray for you if you'd like to come and have someone pray for a particular need that you have. Sorry, Megan, didn't mean to call you out there. Um, let's begin by reciting the Lord's Prayer together. So if you would mind, um, if you're able to, if you're not holding a baby, it's a, you can do what you want, but stand and... This is the Lord's Prayer from Matthew's Gospel in the original, traditional King James Version. That's what we're reciting together, the Lord's Prayer. So let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's dig in. This is the Lord's Prayer, Luke's version from Luke chapter 11. Let me just do a quick recap of where we've been. The Lord's Prayer includes five petitions. Each petition has a theme, and that theme, you can think of it like a bucket, and that bucket is something you can fill with your own prayers that correspond to that theme. Um, So the first one is, Father, hallowed be your name, and that is just a a glorifying of God. That is a um, God-centered, that God who is our Father, he is personal, but his name is hallowed, meaning he is transcendent and glorious. So that is the first theme. The second theme is your kingdom come, where Jesus tells us to pray for the earth to be more conformed to the kingdom of God. So the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Now, just like the Ten Commandments, you have the first four commandments are duties to God, and the second uh, set of commandments, six or four through ten, are duties to our fellow man. Um, The same is true of the Lord's Prayer. So the first two commandments are about God. We're praying God and his fatherhood and his name being hallowed and his kingdom. The first part is all about God. And then we move halfway through in this third petition to praying for our own needs. So um, this is what R.C. Sproul, uh, he said this. He said, only when you've made those first two petitions, that God's name would be holy and that God's kingdom would be made visible, can you then begin to pray for your daily needs? Give us each day our daily bread. The daily allotment of bread was the basic nourishment of the people in the ancient Near East. And so Jesus is saying that we should come to God our Father and ask him to give us those daily provisions that we need to live. So the third petition, the third bucket, give us this day or give us each day our daily bread. And that's where we pray for our basic necessities. We pray for God to meet our needs. The fourth petition, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Those are the needs of the soul, the needs of forgiveness, personal reconciliation to God, but also reconciliation to one another in the body of Christ. Fifth, final petition, lead us not into temptation. That's a prayer for victory over sin and temptation against demonic forces, spiritual warfare. All of that is in the fifth petition. So Jesus gave us these five petitions as rhythms of prayer that's sort of like a training ground for a lifestyle of constant prayer. So that's all five of them. Today we're on the third one. And so give us. We'll just break this up into just the particular words. So first two words of this petition is give us. So Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, when you ask God to meet your needs, we do it with all boldness. We do it with the boldness of a child approaching his father. So we can pray boldly because we have this family relationship with God. He's not just our creator, he is our father. And Jesus uh, says as much in um, Luke chapter 11. This is just a little bit further down in the same text. Luke 11, verses 11 to 13, Jesus said, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the point here is that don't be shy with your prayers. Don't be shy with your prayers. 
Don't be shy to tell God to meet your needs. Don't be shy to pray boldly. Why? Because you are his child. Because he is your father and he's mighty. He has all power, but he also is your father. So he loves you and he delights to answer the prayers of his children. Now, do you ever find yourself praying timidly? You ever find yourself praying timid prayers? I know I do. I find myself doing this, and I need to be reminded in my own heart that I'm called to pray boldly, but it's, it's tempting to pray timidly. And we can pray something like, you know, Lord, um, if you have the time, I know you're busy, you know, you've got a lot of prayers to answer, and you know, there's a lot of people that want your attention, but you know, if you don't mind, if it's not too much trouble, I would really appreciate it if you could do this thing. We can pray that way. We can pray like, timid, timidly, like we're kind of afraid. But that's not the way a son prays, right? That's not the way a son prays. You know, that's the way some random fan at Paycor Stadium will ask Joe Burrow for an autograph. You know, it's like, hey, if you don't mind, uh, hey, would you care? Would you, would you selfie, please? You know, it's like, there's, it's, it's timid because we're, we're just sort of, we feel like there's some distance. But a son or a daughter approaches his or her father with boldness. They're not afraid to ask for anything. So some of you who are parents and your kids are old enough to ask you for things, how do your kids ask you for things? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? How do your kids ask for stuff? They're bold. Even an infant that doesn't have words yet. When an infant is hungry, they're bold, are they not? They scream at you. That's pretty bold. They scream at you until they get what they want. You know, and of course, you know, I've got four kids. I can answer this for myself. My kids have no problem telling my wife, Laura, and I what to do. <laughs> they have no problem bossing us around. And they do it in a good way, of course, in a good way. But they don't have a problem bossing us around. So, hey, Mom, I need 10 bucks for lunch money. Hey, Dad, I need you to fix the air conditioner in the car. Hey, Mom, when are you going grocery shopping? There's no food in this house. <laughs> That's the way kids talk to their parents. Now occasionally it can go a little too far and where we have to remind our kids, hey kids, there are two rules when you talk to your parents. Remember who you are and remember who you're talking to. You know, we, you've got to be respectful, but there's nothing wrong with that familiarity. The, the familiarity of a, of a child talking with a parent. The family relationship that we have with the child and that a Christian has with their heavenly father, that can cover a lot of gaps. It can cover a lot of gaps. So what does it look like to be bold in prayer? What does it look like? How bold can a child be with his or her heavenly father? Well, this same text, uh, Luke chapter 11, Jesus is teaching on prayer. He tells us. So if we just back up to Luke 11 verse 5. Jesus says this, and he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything, I tell you. Though he will not give up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, it's an odd word, because of his impudence, he will rise 
and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, applying it to prayer, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Little memory device there. Ask, seek, knock. You take the first letter, it spells ask. Ask, seek, knock. That word in verse 8, impudence, you know what that word means? I had to look it up in a Bible dictionary because it's not a word I'm used to. This is what it says in the Bible dictionary. Impudence means shameless or audacious. That's what impudence means. So you have this man who was unprepared to welcome a guest, and that was a big, big, big taboo in the ancient world. It's like you would have been humiliated to have a guest arrive and to not have any food or any preparations to, to give them. And so this, this guest arrives in the middle of the night, and the guy, you know, he's, he's wanting to entertain his guest. He's wanting to feed him something. He's wanting to be a good host, but he's unprepared. He doesn't have anything, so he goes out at midnight, in the middle of the night, and he's going to his next-door neighbor's house, and he starts pounding on the door. He's like, hey, I need you to open this door. Can you, can you, let, can you give me three loaves of bread because I just had this guy show up, and I don't have anything to give him? And, of course, the neighbor's like, what's the matter with you? You don't come banging on my door in the middle of the night asking to borrow a cup of sugar or a loaf of bread or some peanut butter. Don't do that. That's rude. And yet, he's going to give it to them, not because they're friends, not because they're friends, but because of his impudence, because of how audacious he is in asking in this way. That's why he's going to get what he asked for. He's going to get these loaves of bread. Now, what does Jesus say? Pray like that. Pray like that. Pray audaciously, boldly. Of course, you're like, well, we, he's, our, he's sovereign God, ruler of the universe. We, we don't approach him that way. True, but he's also your father. And like a kid screaming for his mother's milk or saying, hey, dad, give me 10 bucks for lunch. We can pray audaciously. We can go to our Father and just, I mean, these, these petitions, you notice, have the force of command. It's not, hey, Father, if you, if you don't mind, would you please give me my daily bread? No, it's an imperative. Give us our daily bread. That's audacious, commanding God to give us something. But as a child, we have that relationship with him where we can pray boldly. Jesus invites us to pray like that. It's the bold request that gets the favorable answer. And God loves to answer bold prayers. Hebrews chapter 4, 16. Let us then with confidence. Some other translations use the word boldness here. Let us then with boldness. Either one works. Let us then with confidence or with boldness draw near to the throne of grace. This is the throne of Almighty God, sovereign, holy, holy, holy. Yet, we're drawing near with confidence. I belong here because I am righteous in Christ. Jesus' blood covers me. I am not sinful and fallen uh, according to the way God sees me. Rather, I am a son or daughter of the king, and I can march right up to that throne as a son or daughter and say with confidence, here's what I need. 
Let us draw near with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Bold prayer is a sign of strong faith. Weak prayer, timid prayer, is a sign of weak faith. Pray bold prayers. And if you find that your faith is weak, then you can pray your faith stronger by putting these words into your mouth. Pray bold prayers. Give us our daily bread. Give us what we need. And that faith can grow through bold prayers. So when you pray, you're praying boldly as a son or daughter to a father, a father who loves you and who has the power to help you. Father, I'm not making enough money at this job. I can't make ends meet. We're struggling. Give me a different job. Give me a raise at this job. Give me a promotion. Give me something, but I need your help. You can pray, Father, I see in your word the value of raising up a godly household, but I need a wife. I need a husband. Or I have a wife or a husband, but we don't have a child. Father, give us a child. Give me a spouse. Give me what I'm asking you for. Or, Father, my friend has a serious health concern. He or she is in, is in dire need. Heal their body. Give skill to the, the doctors that are, uh, and physicians that are treating this person. Give them complete recovery, God. I ask you. To the bottom line, don't be shy in your prayers. There's no need to be shy. He's your father. He's your dad. Tell him exactly what you need and boldly tell him to give it to you. That's the first part. Give us, next two words, each day. Give us each day day. So God promises to meet our needs on a daily basis, a daily basis. And the dailiness of this is important. So in the Old Testament, this, this text kind of is reminiscent of the Old Testament when God's people in the book of Exodus were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And during this wandering in the wilderness, God trained them to trust him through daily provision. And it was a time of testing. It was a time where God was helping them to learn, to prepare them, to rely on God alone to meet their every need. So this is, I'll read you from Exodus 16, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. The people shall not go out and gather, uh, the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. It's a test. And God would not allow them to gather any more than a one-day supply. And whenever they tried to gather two-day supply, the next day it was filled with maggots. It was rotten. God said, I will only give you a one-day supply, and every day you're going to have to trust me that your heavenly wonder bread will be there again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, but always, always only a one-day supply. And the text here says that God did this that he could test them. Why not a week's worth? Why not a month's worth? Well, if God gave them their wonder bread once a month, how often would they pray? Once a month. <laughs> how often would they feel their need to rely on God? Once a month. But how often do we actually need God? Every day. 
And not just once a day, but all day, every day. And so God was training them to rely on him moment by moment. A once a week faith is worthless. A once a month faith is worthless. We need Christ moment by moment, every day. Every breath that we take is a gift. Everything that he gives us, that we receive, all of our provisions, these are all gifts that were given to us. We need him constantly. And the dailiness of the provision trained them that this is a constant need, not a once in a while kind of thing. And so one of God's most effective ways of keeping us close to him is by only providing in small increments. Or to say it another way, God trains you to trust him by withholding things from you because he loves you. He withholds them and only doles it out a little bit at a time. And if I give my kids a whole school year's worth of lunch money uh, September the 1st, it wouldn't last long. It's like you give them their lunch money every day. That's how often you do it. And God was training them. And so God does this. He, he doles out his, uh, his blessings to us, his provisions in daily increments, and he does the same thing with our problems. He gives us a day's worth of problems and a day's worth of provisions, and we have to trust God every day. Get me through this day with your provision, but also with the faith and the strength that I need to endure this problem or these problems. We see this with uh, Matthew 6.34, where Jesus said, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day, one day at a time. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. So what we need to learn, what, what, God needs, what we need to learn from God and what he's teaching us is that every day has its own allotment of provision that God gives to us. But also on a daily basis, we need to trust him with whatever problems we face that day. And we're so tempted to control the future, to try to reach ahead a day, a week, a month ahead, and to try to, try to control the future in this realm that is beyond our control. Because we can't, we can't control tomorrow. And so we have to trust God one day at a time. So the future belongs to God, both in the good things that we receive and the bad things that we have to endure. And trying to control the future is evidence of a weak faith. We're relying on ourselves to try to manipulate and control outcomes. We have to trust God for that. So Jesus teaches us, trust God on a daily basis basis, to provide for your needs and to take care of your problems every day. So whenever you pray, focus most of your prayers on daily needs. Just so you don't misunderstand, I'm not saying it's wrong to save up for retirement or to make preparations that is wise to do. But our focus, the bulk of our time and our attention needs to be on what's going on today. So if you're going through a trial and you're worried, I don't know how this is going to work out a day, a month, a week, a year from now. Well, you do need to get through today because today is where you're at. And if you're too worried about what you're going to do two months from now or a year or two from now, you're going to miss how you need to trust God for today, for what's going on right now. And so every day we trust God. We focus our prayers on what we need today. Say, God, give me a one-day supply of what I need. 
So you can pray, Father, help me to honor you today as I go to work with that jerk coworker in the cubicle next to me that gets on my last nerve. Help me to have the grace for today to endure that situation or to go to school and deal with my professors or teachers. Help me have the grace today to honor you in what I do. Help me to trust you. Here's another one. Father, help me to trust you for today with my fears and my anxiety. Father, strengthen me today for right now, today, to overcome and be victorious over this sin and temptation that has vexed me. Help me to, uh, tomorrow will worry about itself. Help me, Lord, to get through today and to focus today on what you would have me do. And of course, Father, give me grace to cover the sins that I've committed today. How new are, how often are his mercies made new? Every morning, every day. So every day we even get a fresh supply of grace to cover our sin once a day. Last part. Give us each day, last part, our daily bread. So we've already talked about the daily part. Let's talk about the bread part. The bread part simply refers to the needs of our lives. So the word bread is, um, it, it, it is a kind of a stand-in or a, a word that represents much more than an actual loaf of bread. It, it represents daily provision. It represents what do I actually need. And so daily bread is not just food, but it could be any legitimate need in your life. And so we pray, we ask God to give it to us. Now certainly, as humans, we can get our needs and our wants confused. And that's, that's natural, that's human. We can get these things confused. And so maybe, um, maybe you're getting it wrong, or maybe that's, he's your father. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. He knows the difference and so you bring to him what you need, what you know you need, and if it happens to be a want and not a need, God will answer according to his perfect wisdom. And so you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily have it all figured out. Like, well, I can't pray for that because that's more of a want. It's like, take, what your, take your needs to God, take your wants to God, and say, God, here's, here's what I think I need, here's what I think I want. Give me these things, and God will always give you what you need. Trust God to do that, to, to be able to distinguish our needs from our wants. But also trust that God is not reluctant to bless his children. God does delight in his children. He wants to bless his children, and not in some name it, claim it, Pentecostal, give me a private jet kind of way, but in just a general sense, God loves his children. If a kid asks for, a, for a, a, some bread, he's not going to give him a scorpion or something like that. God, he's, he's going to do good to us. And we can trust he'll do good to us. And if he says yes, then we thank him. Thank you, God, that you've been generous. Thank you for, for providing me once again. And if he says no, then you can thank God and trust him that he has a good reason for not answering that prayer. And you may, may not know this side of eternity, but you can trust God with whatever, whatever comes to pass. We can always believe that God answers prayer according to his purpose and knowledge. And then we can be content with whatever he answers. I want to do one last thing before we break up into groups and pray. And so uh, I just made a list here. Uh, actually, I, I modified a list from a book that I had, but 
This list is um, 29 things that we see God's people praying for in Scripture. So just to give you an idea of the sorts of things that people pray for in Scripture, uh, here's a list of 29 things. So I'll read you this list, and then we'll break up into groups to pray. For a husband or a wife. For a husband and a wife to have a child. For deliverance from danger. That's three. For a city to prosper. For justice against an adversary. For God to display his glory through miracles. For a glimpse of God's glory. For God's strength in moments of weakness. For a sign of God's blessing. For forgiveness of sin. That's 10 so far. Here's number 11. For wisdom to make good decisions. Number 12, for spiritual vision and guidance. Number 13, for God to send rain. Number 14, for God to not send rain, Elijah. Number 15, for health and a long life for yourself or for a loved one. Number 16, for one's work to prosper. 17, for the ability to interpret dreams. Number 18, for boldness in witnessing for Christ. Number 19, for boldness to stand for biblical truth. Number 20, for power of the Holy Spirit. 21, for missionaries that are sent into the field. 22, for safety when traveling, a.k.a. traveling mercies. Number 23, for ministry success for Christian leaders. For removal of some affliction. 25, for justice from an accuser. 26, for physical healing. 27, for salvation of some person or some group of people. 28, for the welfare of the church. 29, for Christ to return soon. So let's pray. Give us today our daily bread. Um, Turn now in groups, and me and somebody yet to be named will be up front, and we'll We'll pray for your needs if you would like to come forward. We are Christ the King Church. For more information about our church, please visit us at ctkcincy.com.